What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody is having a good Friday. Welcome to a new episode of the NFL show on the Lower Antonio Sports Talk podcast show. I'm your host, Lower Antonio. Abdullah is with me to talk about some NFL news. So how's it going today, man? Doing pretty well, Lorenzo. How about yourself? I'm doing well. So now let's talk about, first, the reaction to Ben Watson's four-game ban. What do you think about that? You know, honestly, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, So my understanding is it was also for PED use. Um, And Patrick Peterson also got suspended for PED use, but he got six games. Now, I'm not sure if it has something to do with the Patrick Peterson tried to cover up his situation. And in the case of Ben Watson, he was just like, "Eh, you know, I did it. I'll just take the four games. Um, But as far as how it's going to affect the Patriots, I don't think it's really a big deal. I mean, they've been in this position before. Besides, I would even argue, like, in the case of someone like Ben Watson, this is probably going to be his last year in the NFL. Playing four less games is probably better for his body. That's four less games he's taking hits. So, from that standpoint, it's fine. Um, Also, the Patriots, I don't think, really are going to need him until down the stretch. So, it's not a huge, huge issue for them. It's not really a huge issue, that's for sure. So, with that being said, uh, let's talk about now. Let's talk about now the 2019 season previews for the LA Rams and Chargers. So, what are your draft grades for both of those teams? You know, I actually really like what both teams did. Um, with the Rams, considering, um, if I remember correctly, I don't think they had a first round pick, or it, they traded down. I forget. Um, but I know with the. Um, they got some really good players in the later rounds, like in the second and third round. They got some really nice players. Um, I liked Taylor Rapp that they drafted out of Washington. I think he'll be a really good third safety for them. And with Eric Weddle already being there, he's sort of the long-term future rep- like replacement for Eric Weddle. Um, but worst-case scenario, he's someone that they could use as depth and also – there's a lot of instances where teams like to utilize three safeties. In the case of the Rams, they don't really have good coverage linebackers. So, like, in third down situations where um, it's a sort of a passing down, you're going to bring in an extra safety to sort of um, take over for a linebacker in coverage. So, they could always utilize them that way. Um, I also like um, the David Long pick from Michigan. Um, he's, a, he's a cornerback. We have Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib both being free agents after this year. So you need a guy that could be sort of a long-term replacement. Um, it, I, I like that pick as well. Um, I like the running back that they picked. Um, Daryl Henderson, I believe, was his name from Memphis. They picked him up. That was a really good draft pick. Gives them some depth behind Todd Gurley. It's also going to help limit his reps a little bit so that They'll have him for the duration opposed to having to sort of utilize him as the workhorse. So it'll kind of help with the wear and tear for him. But, yeah, overall, I feel like they did a really good job. And now with the Chargers, or, yeah, with the Chargers, I think they also picked some really, really good players. Um, I liked the Jerry Tillery pick because it fills a need for them and helps upgrade a a pass rush that's already really good with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Now you have somebody on the interior with Jerry Tillery. Um, I also like the Nasir Adderley draft pick 
It gives them someone to pair with Derwin James. Now you have a, you have two rangy safeties, and in that style of play that they they play cover three, they play playing a lot of cover three. Nasir Adderley is one of those guys who who is going to fit in very well. So I think both teams did a very good job in the draft. Yeah, both teams did a good job in the draft. I say, uh, I say, both teams got. I think I gave them a B minus in this one. Yeah, I mean, as far as grading the draft itself, um, it's really too early to tell, just because I kind of want to see these players step on the field and see how they do, and then you know. I guess you can kind of give them a draft grade. Uh, but even then, honestly, with a lot of these guys, we won't know until two or three years down the line how good of a football player they are. So um, initially, I guess if you're just going in terms of, like, needs, I mean, I feel like they both teams did a really good job. Um, and also as far as just getting value at different positions, both teams did a very good job at that. So they, they had a, an excellent draft from that standpoint. They did have an excellent draft at that standpoint. You're absolutely right about that. So, with that being said, let's talk about now the biggest offseason move for the Rams and Chargers. I'll start with the Rams' favorite offseason move. I like the additions of Clay Matthews and Eric Weddle. Well, I liked the Eric Weddle signing. Gives them a veteran safety. They did lose the Marcus Joyner in free agency, so they did need to fill that position. Eric Weddle also has experience playing under Wade Phillips. So from a transition standpoint, it's not going to be that huge of a transition in terms of the terminology in that defense. The Clay Matthews pick, however, I'm not as high on. And the reason why is because I feel like it's kind of one of those celebrity type like signings in the sense that I understand, like, Clay Matthews is a big name. I understand he's from Southern California. He's a recognizable face there. It's – I just feel like it's one of those things that's going to help. In, it's going to help with the fans because it's going to help sh- uh, people come to the game or more people are going to show up now because it's like you have a guy on the team that people know. Um, but for me, it's like I would have rather gone after someone like Justin Houston who was available in the open market, but they decided to go with Clay Matthews. Um, I don't know, maybe Wade Phillips works his magic with him and he's able to get, you know, a bounce back season from Clay Matthews. But in recent years, he hasn't quite been that elite edge rusher. He's been okay. He's been solid, but he hasn't been like 2011 or 2010 Clay Matthews. So, I mean, we'll see as far as how that will work out. But personally... I, I didn't I didn't really like that signing, but overall, like considering the draft and free agency, the Rams did a pretty good job considering what they had to work with. Yeah, absolutely, you're right about that. So, so that being said, for the Chargers, my favorite offseason move was getting uh, when they got Tyrod Taylor to back up Philip Rivers, and when they got Thomas Davis. Yeah, I mean. Tyrod Taylor, to me, is one of those underrated quarterbacks. Now, I understand why a lot of people aren't high on him because he's not like your traditional sort of drop-back passer. He's one of those mobile quarterbacks that, like, like you can win with him. He's, like, he has a little bit of Alex Smith in him in in terms of, like, like, what makes him good is the fact that he's mobile. He's, he's, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, 
Now, he's not as accurate as Alex Smith, but he's a little similar from that standpoint where it's like in order for you to win with him, you have to have a team around him. But from the from the Chargers standpoint, they got a really excellent backup. Probably one of the better backups in the league now of Tyrod Taylor. Um, as far as the Thomas Davis signing, um, it's not one of those where it's like I, I see him making a huge impact on the field. It's one of those where it's like he's a veteran linebacker who's been in the league for a long time. The Chargers have a lot of young linebackers on their roster. So it's one of those moves where you're bringing in a veteran guy to sort of mentor the younger guys. Now, I'm sure he'll get some playing time, but it's just one of those where it's like, I would if, if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm not expecting him to, you know, get a lot of playing time or produce a lot on the field. He's more there as sort of being, you know, a veteran mentor for some of the younger players. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, um, so that being said, um, that being said, um, now uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about let's talk about now uh, my, my my so now let's talk about now the dumbest offseason move for both the Rams and Chargers. One of the for the Chargers was losing. Uh, one of them was losing uh, what you would call this. Losing uh, Tyrell Williams and for the – and also losing uh, – what you would call this for the Rams, losing C.J. Anderson. Well, I mean, those – I mean, with, with the Chargers letting Tyrell Williams go, it's understandable. You already have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams on the roster. You don't want to invest – too much money into a receiver who's pretty good, especially when you have depth on the roster and you have other holes that you need to address. So I understand it. Besides, they have other guys that have to take care of, and they're going to have other contracts coming up as well, specifically Phillip Rivers' contract. So that's something that they're going to need to address. Now, for the Rams, I mean, losing C.J. Anderson, um, it's going to affect them sort of in the power run game because that's – that's where they were able to sort of utilize him later on in the season, especially in the playoff game against the Cowboys. But um, I think it wouldn't be – it's not going to be a huge loss for them, especially if Daryl Henderson, who they drafted, can make an immediate impact for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty good right there. So now with that being said, my let's go to our dra- favorite draft picks for each team. So for the Rams – Henderson and Rapp, and for the Chargers, Pipkins, Tillery, and Nasir Adderley. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those, um, I I think those guys, those are all good picks. Like I said earlier, we're not going to know until like two or three years down the line how good these guys are. But on paper, the picks look good. They they got good value. They drafted needs, or they they were able to fill needs with the with the draft picks that they made. And I, I think it's it's going to be pretty exciting. Both teams should be pretty good going into next season. Oh, absolutely. And then and then with that being said, uh, let's talk about our rookies of the year for both teams. So for the Rams, Rapp and, and Henderson for offensive and defensive rookies of the year for the Rams and for the Chargers, uh, Adderley, Tillery, and uh, Trey Pipkins. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, I think that all those guys will have an impact on their teams and they'll contribute in some way. Um, it's really going to come down to – yeah, I mean, in the case of the – in the case of the Chargers, Trey Pipkins, he can compete sort of for that right tackle spot. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how uh, if he ends up winning the job or not. But, um, yeah, the, the two guys that they picked uh, in the first and second round, I definitely see them making a huge impact on defense. And they're going to add to a defense that's already one of the best ones in the league. So, um, Chargers potentially may have the best defense in the NFL. I, I see them leading the league in defense this year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because the talent is definitely there. I mean, I would argue maybe the Bears are probably the only team you can really say that on paper or are probably a little bit better, um, even though they did lose Adrian Amos. So they, they, they got a little – they got slightly worse at safety. But outside of that, I think the Bears are still – that's probably the only team I can think of or they're the only team I can think of that could sort of give the Chargers a run for their money um, in terms of defensive talent. But – Either way, I mean, there's not really, there's not really much better you can get than what the Chargers have. So, yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, let's talk about games to highlight on both team schedules. So for the for the Rams schedule, um, I'm looking forward to that anticipated, uh, the anticipated NFC title game rematch with the Saints, and then for the Chargers, their game in Mexico City against the the Chiefs. Yeah, those are both games that are going to be very exciting um, because especially uh, the Saints-Rams game, the Saints are going to be sort of coming in with obviously what happened last year is going to be on their mind and they're going to sort of kind of want to get some revenge for that. Um, but um, yeah, overall, um, looking at the Rams schedule, let me just pull it up. Miners, if I remember correctly, they have a pretty tough schedule. Um so, and that was part of the reason why I thought that they were going to take a bit of a step back just because Super Bowl hangover and the fact that they have one of the best records in the league last year, they're going to take a little bit of a step back. Um, but I think overall, they should be fine. Um, I see them still making the playoffs. Um, so that shouldn't be a huge issue. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, either way, I think both, like I mentioned earlier, I think both teams are going to be good. Absolutely. So, with that being said, now let's talk about some before we talk. Now let's do our uh, record predictions for the Rams and Chargers. So, I predict that I predict that the Rams and Chargers both go thirteen and three and win their prospective divisions. Hmm. I mean, that's for me. I feel like that's a little bit of a. That's quite the bold prediction. <laughs> Um, for me, um, I would say the 13 games is just—it's a little too high, only because both of their divisions got better, and they both play, especially the Rams. They're they, they play in really tough divisions, so I'm seeing more 10 and six, 11 and five. Now I know that that record doesn't sound really good. I mean, that's still pretty good in my opinion. I mean, double-digit wins is in the, in the NFL season is really good. Um, I just think. You couple you take into consideration the fact that their division got significantly better. The Niners got better. The Seahawks got better. The Cardinals got better. I think that that's going to lead to them, you know, 
losing a couple more games this year than they did last year. So, um, yeah, that's really what, I, what I'm thinking as far as the Rams are concerned. Now, the Chargers, I'm thinking something along the lines of the same thing, uh, like 11 and 5. Now, their case is a little bit interesting because I do think that they're going to win their division because – Yes, the Broncos got better. Yes, the Rams got better. The Chiefs, you can argue they got better on defense, but I feel like their offense is going to take a huge step back considering, you know, what's happening with Tyree Kill, and I think ultimately that he's going to miss, if not some of next season, probably all of next season. Like, if I'm the Chiefs, my mindset going into next year is we're going to be going into next season essentially without Tyree Kill, and I think him not being – there for their offense is going to be a huge loss. So I guess if we look at that, it does make the Chargers path to sort of winning the division a little bit easier. But I still think that they win maybe 11, 11 games at most. So you think, do you still think the both the Rams and Chargers win the division still? Well, I think the Chargers are going to win their division, but I think that the Niners are going to win the NFC West. I just feel you're going on a limb here. Yeah, no, it's 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 a bit of a bold prediction, but the reason is I like what the Chargers have or excuse me, I like what the Niners have done. Um I think now with their third season under Kyle Shanahan, now obviously this is all contingent on Jimmy Garoppolo staying healthy. If he gets hurt, you know, forget about that prediction, but um I I just think the Rams are going to take a little bit of a step back this year. And that doesn't mean that they're not going to be a good team. I just think the Niners have gone significantly better. And you couple that with the Rams taking a step back. I see the, the, the Niners winning the division. Like it's not going to be anything crazy. Like they'll probably win. Like the Niners will probably win one more game than them. Something like that. Oh, okay. So now with that being said, now let's talk about some, breaking news on the Green Bay Packers. So let's start with Bart Starr, who passed away last week. And our thoughts and prayers go out to his wife, Cherie, and the whole family of Bart Starr and the entire Green Bay Packer organization, who I think they are going to be motivated to play very hard for him this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bart Starr was one of the legends of the game. I mean, he, in terms of winning percentage, I think all time, he has the the best playoff winning percentage um, for playing for someone who's played at least 10 games. He has a nine and one playoff record. Um, you know, obviously him and the Packers played in the first two Super Bowls, winning the first two Super Bowls. You also, we also have like the legendary ice ball game, ice ball game against the Cowboys. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, he, he, and of course he plays for the, he played for the Packers, you know, one of the hallmark, you know, legendary franchises in the NFL. And, yeah, he's just one of the many great players that played for the Packers, and, and, and he'll definitely be missed. Absolutely. Now let's talk about something unusual that happened, that the Green Bay Packers suffered their first major injury of the 2019 season because their head coach, Matt LaFleur, just popped his Achilles while playing basketball. And he's going to have surgery, and I'm now hearing that Matt LaFleur will now be coaching from a golf cart at practice. Doesn't that sound weird? Yeah, I mean, I, I just read about that, and I was like, wow, that's uh, that's very unfortunate. Um, I guess the, 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 the one good thing is that it was a coach as opposed to a player. So 
you can still coach with a torn Achilles, but you wouldn't be able to play on a torn Or you Achilles. wouldn't stand on the sidelines the whole game. But I think Matt LaFleur's Achilles will be healed in time for the uh, beginning of the season so that he can be coaching on the sidelines. Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. Um, like, he'll still be on the sidelines. So that shouldn't but be. But for now, he's going to be coaching on a golf cart. Yeah. Matt LaFleur. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. You don't see that very often. Sometimes with coaches, when they have injuries, sometimes they coach up from the press box. Yeah, um, I've, I've seen that. Um, like, like Sean Payton did that when he when a football player injured him on the sidelines and he had to coach up from the press box. Yeah, that, that can happen. Um, Joe Paterno has done that before when he was Penn State's head coach. He was he got he he had a bad knee. And then he just ended up coaching from the press box for a while. Yeah, I just think the only thing is with Matt Lafleur, he's a first-year head coach, so I think you would think he'd be better suited to be on the sidelines, even if it's not like you know that close to the field. Even if it's in the background, I think it'd be better him with him being on the sidelines just to sort of be involved with everything and being able to monitor everything. Because it's a little bit hard to do it in the press box. I think in the long run, they'll be okay. Oh, absolutely. So that being said, now let's talk about the New York, some offseason news surrounding the Patriots and Jets. Other than let's talk about the Jets first for you. So a question for you is where are the New York Jets are in their new search for a new general manager to replace uh, Mike McCagnin? I mean, the mo- as far as what I've heard recently, I mean, Joe Douglas, the – He's an executive for the Eagles right now. I think he's their vice president of player personnel. I believe he's the favorite to win the job. I guess time will tell if he ends up getting the job, but he so far looks like he's the the favorite. Um, me personally, um, I I would like to I would like to hire because the Eagles have one of the more stable front offices in the NFL right now. Obviously, they have Howie Roseman there, who's one of the best general managers in the league right now. So getting someone from within their front office, I think, would be a great addition for the Jets, especially considering how well they've done in the draft in recent years. So that being said, so that being said with the Jets, since the Jets are keeping their 3-4 defense, I think Quinton and Leonard Williams will start at left and right end, and then Steve McClellan will start in the middle. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in base situations, you know, they have a lot of options as far as who they can utilize as their interior defensive linemen. And, and if they if they come out in three, four looks, I mean, they can they can play. They could play Quinn and inside as a nose tackle. They can play him as a three technique defensive end or def- interior defensive tackle. I should say there's a lot of different ways they can utilize all of those players. They also have Henny Anderson. Um, but out of all those guys, Steve McClendon is probably going to be utilized more like in runs, like short yardage, like run stuffing situations. Um, I, I've obviously Leonard Williams and Quentin Williams are going to be the guys who are get are going to get majority of the snaps in the playing time. Um, especially, um, when they're in their sub packages and nickel defenses, um, just because um, they're better athletes and, and they're more of a threat as a passer for sure. Uh, absolutely. So with that being said, now for the another question I have you for the Jets is 
is the Jet, are the Jets going to rotate with Le'Veon Bell? Like, do you think Elijah McGuire is going to be the guy on third down or the power back, or is it going to be more Ty Montgomery's role to be a third down back, and then Elijah McGuire is the power back, and then Le'Veon Bell is is the is your starting running back, obviously. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting. The Jets can do a lot of things with that. Um, I'm sure McGuire and Montgomery are probably going to compete for that backup job. Um, and, you know, whoever wins is obviously going to get more more snaps and more playing time. But the, there's a lot of things the Jets can do um, if they really want. One, one of the things I do like about a player like Le'Veon Bell is he's also right now, and you can make an argument, he's the best receiver on the Jets roster. So there's a lot of things the Jets can do with him as far as lining up, lining him up at wide receiver. They can line him up on the outside, you know, throw him some some flanker screens, some just quick hitches, and sort of let him kind of make the defender miss and just do his thing. They can line him up in the slot, where they can have him potentially matched up against either a linebacker or safety. So there's a lot of different things they can do where they can have multiple running backs on the field at the same time. The Patriots actually do a lot of that or they've done a lot of that in the past. Um, so it does give them some flexibility there in terms of play calling. And also Ty Montgomery has or was a former wide receiver, so they can use him in a similar way as well. Um, obviously, he's not as good as Le'Veon Bell, but they could utilize him that way as well. Absolutely. So that being said, um, what do you think about, from what I'm hearing, an NFL and in the latest – in the latest NFL CBA talks that it could include an 18 game season and more playoff teams. Are you a fan of that? Uh, but I'm, but from what I'm hearing, like we talked about last week, that, um, that, that, the, that the CBA talks are very positive and optimistic from what we heard. Well, us as fans, more games is great. Whether it's regular season or playoff games, we as fans would love that. I guess what we have to look at is the wear and tear of the body. Exactly. Yeah. Like the players aren't going to be a fan of that. The only way I can maybe seeing it work where the NFL would be able to sell it to the players, they maybe give them an extra bye week in the season. So basically each team would get two bye weeks. I guess another benefit to it would be, because I think one of the reasons why – I forgot where I heard this report. I think I was listening to the Mike Francesa show once, and he brought this up. And it was actually a very good point. He said that I think um, – and, and I'm paraphrasing here – that the NFL, part of the reason why they would want to add two more games is they would want the Super Bowl to be played President's Day weekend. If they could get that to if, – if they can um, have that happen, that they would like that. So adding two more games – because the Super Bowl is in the first week of February, and then – President's Day weekend is in the third week of February. So if you have that, those extra two games, that's what will end up happening. So I guess from that perspective, that's probably why you know, the NFL would want that. And also more games does mean more revenue and more money. But Yeah, I can see that. But they, I, they, I, feel like, I feel like in the, in the latest CBA talks from what I've been hearing, no, what I was saying is that so from what you heard, you, you no. Know, from what you heard, um, mm-hmm. like those CBA talks have been positive. Well, I don't know. I've, I've, what I read, I believe it was. Have yesterday. you heard that those CBA talks have been positive? 
Yeah, I mean, what I heard, I was what I was reading yesterday. Um, Demore Smith, I believe the like. Have the you heard that, Abdullah? Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, so as far as what I heard or what I read about from the um, what were you saying? I said what I read about um, Demore Smith, the head of the players' union. He said the pl- uh, agents should. Um, be should tell their players and even the agents themselves